Welcome back to the Jasmine Star Show, where we talk about life, business, and everything on the in-between. I don't know what kind of day you've had, or let's be real, what kind of week or even month, but today I am sharing with you some mindset shifts that you could start making immediately in your business that revolve around, wait for it, money, honey. Okay. Did I ever tell you that I ironed my money? Yes. As in iron my dollar bills because I wanted them crisp and new. And then I would neatly fold them and keep them in a tin. It's like a tin can. It was like an old school band-aid container. And then I would hide that tin can container in my mom's closet under a pile of laundry. And let's just be real, like laundry that just, my mom had best efforts. She never folded enough laundry. And like that laundry would never, ever get folded. Now to say that I was fascinated with money, it would be an an understatement, the decade. Money wasn't something that we had in my family. So whenever I got it, I hid it. Like looking back, I realized that hiding money, it made me feel safe. Money gave me options. Money prevented me from feeling like I was stuck. Money was freedom. I once heard a girl tell a story about how her grandparents grew up during the depression and they hid food around their house. So she once found a box of croutons under her grandparents' bed. And then we laughed and I was like, oh, that's so funny. But like deep down, I knew I was one stale piece of bread away from somebody laughing at my Band-Aid metal tin. Like all these years later, eh, I've learned to talk about money. And that is what we are getting into today on this episode. So come correct y'all, crack open them wallets, brush off them like spider webs. I want to encourage you to listen to this episode, no matter what stage of business you're in, because this work that we do around money, it's not just something that we can like, I'm going to check this off my do-do list. This is ongoing work that we have to constantly do, especially as we reach new levels in business. Now, there are eight mindset shifts that I've made over the years, and I'm going to share them with you today. So let's get going. Number one, rewrite your money story. We've heard phrases all about money our entire lives, like, Oh, money is the source of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to step on people to make a lot of money. Okay, the thing I heard in my mind was money is a thing to be lost. Now, I have to say that my dad is one of the hardest working men I've known. He worked three or sometimes four jobs at one time. And yet, even then, without an education and as an immigrant, he struggled to make ends meet. Now, a lot of times, whenever we felt like we could take a sigh of relief, oh, then the car would break down or the washer machine needed repairs or we needed to pay like a surprise bill. Like money seemed to drip faster than it would come in. And it was kind of like watching sand seep through your fingers. Like we just couldn't get a grasp on it. Now, my friend, Mel Abraham, he says to separate the interpretation from facts. This means separating feelings or biased beliefs or societal conditionings from the actual circumstances. Mel said to think about what the camera lens would see. So as a photographer, I'm just a riff here. We're going to talk for a second. As a photographer, I was looking through a lens. And this is what we often do as business owners. When you put a lens on a camera, you are seeing the scene through that lens. Now, the different lenses that you put on will add more or less to the scene. But here's one thing. The camera lens would only see the facts. But our minds, well, we mix feelings and facts. And then together, that's where the truth gets blurred. The first mindset shift is bringing awareness around your money story. So here are four steps to rewriting your money story. Step number one, the first step to rewriting your money story is to become aware of your current money story and then reflect, hey, how did this shape my relationship with money? You could ask yourself questions like, what are my beliefs around money? How did my upbringing influence my views on money? 
Are there any negative phrases or experiences that's holding me back from getting the money that I want or deserve? Because here's the thing, when we understand our existing money story, we can begin the process of transformation. I used to think that money had to be hidden or else it would be lost. That was my old money story. Now I have rewritten my story to believe that money is simply a tool that I can use to grow and not decrease over time. Money is a tool that I can use to grow. Now, the second thing that we're going to focus on is identifying your limiting beliefs. The next step to rewriting your money story is to identify any limiting beliefs that are getting in the way of your business and its growth. Now, these beliefs might include things like money is limited. Money is not for me. I'm not worthy of wealth. I'm bad with money. Hey, write down these beliefs. Now, you might think, no, they're Jasmine. I don't believe this. It's just a thought. Well, write down the thought. Write down the thought and then challenge them by replacing them with empowering beliefs that support your success. Change it to, I am deserving of the wealth I create. I work hard for my money. I am learning how to manage money. I make great investments with my business. Ooh, friends, these words are going to determine your thoughts, your actions, and eventually your habits. Now, once I changed my beliefs around money, I quite literally started making better decisions about money. It all started with changing my beliefs. The third thing we're going to focus on is reframing past experiences. It is time to reframe past experiences with money. Look back on any negative financial situations or failures and then reframe them as learning opportunities. There was a time in my business where I was overextended. I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but if you're new, let me recap. My husband and I, we moved into a new home. We spent quite a bit of money of our budget refurbishing this home. And then what happened was the expenses continued to increase. And then at that time, I decided to close many arms of my photography business and those revenue streams. And at that same time, I was hosting a live event that I was paying for upfront with cash. And at the same time, I was trying to build out content to create a future course. It was like this torrential shift of, oh my God, everything happened at the same moment. Did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? I found myself that I couldn't sleep at night. I literally thought to myself, you are a financial failure. When I look back at that experience and I see where I've come today and how much I've grown and the positive decisions that I have made, I wasn't a failure. It was just series of series of epic lessons to learn from that have empowered me to grow my business even beyond that point. So you want to shift your perspective from seeing them as failures to seeing them as stepping stones. Ooh, stepping stones on your path to success. Embrace the lessons you've learned and use them to move yourself forward. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about financial forgiveness. Oh, yes, we're going there a little bit later in the episode. I just did mention the, the time that we had overextended ourselves with creating this course, but now that was a lesson. Number four, creating a new money story. Now that you've gained awareness and you've challenged limiting beliefs and you've reframed your past experiences, it's now time to create a new money story. Now, this is people like, oh, Jasmine, you're so woo-woo. No, I'm not woo-woo. I am a dreamer that other people call visualization. And guess what? It works. I want you to visualize the financial reality that you want out of your life and business. What does financial abundance look like to you? Write down your new money story in present tense as if it's already happened. What I want you to say is, I made this much. I invested this much. I bought this much. It's been done. When you write it as if it has already happened, all of a sudden you start mapping your actions to your aspirations. 
I want you to be as specific and vivid in describing these experiences and these achievements with a new mindset that you are going to embody. Okay, now let's move into our next step. I'm going to share a little bit of my future vision. Now, I know it's a little bit personal. I'm going to be I'm going to be real with you. But when I think about my future version of success, I got really 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 clear. I had to put in my mind when I know that I'm a success. Now, this doesn't have to do with the amount of commas and zeros in my bank account. I have to tell you that when I spent the time to quite honestly visualize myself in my future success, I was in Provenance, France, and I was in an old home that had been refurbished on the inside. There's copper pans in the kitchen. There is somebody cooking in the kitchen. There is an infinity pool, and my daughter is swimming, and we are adjacent to fields of lavender, and I'm not there on vacation. I am working from a different place. In my mind, I know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. My husband, JD, is sitting next to the infinity pool, and he's sipping French wine and there are charcuterie and cheese and they're laughing. And I get to sit on the inside watching this beautiful thing happen in the middle of the day, knowing that I have a driver to take me from the house we're staying in into town so I can pick up a few things for dinner that I will then bring home and have somebody cook that meal. We will be in the pool with our daughter. We will be smelling lavender. We will be hearing bees. We will be eating French food. That regardless of the money that is in my bank account, is when I know that I get to work, I get to breathe, I get to see what true success is. That's mine. But did you hear how clear it was? Like, y'all, like I'm smelling this ham. I'm smelling the prosciutto. I am smelling the wine. I'm smelling stinky cheese. I don't eat stinky cheese, but my husband just loves it. One time we were in France and they brought out dessert and dessert was cheese. I was like, oh man, like in America, America, we do it different. We eat our cheese in the beginning. Well, the French, because they're so fancy, they eat it after dinner. And here, I kid you not, hand to heaven, they brought out this piece of cheese, they sliced it down the middle, and then the thing burped. The cheese burped. It's like, and I was like, oh God, like the cheese went bad. And then my husband gets a piece of French bread and he dips it in the stanky burping cheese and he closes his eyes and he's like, this is the best thing I have ever eaten. To which myself, I'm like simultaneously appalled and enthralled because he must be way fancier than I. But in my future visualization, my homeboy, he's eating that stinky cheese again. Okay, so that visualization, friends, it's real for me. And not if... But when it happens, I will look around and say, you've thought this into life. Oh, okay. The second mindset shift around money is acknowledging when you're ignoring your numbers. <laughs> yeah, I've been there way too long. That's what I did. What I want you to do is carve out time to analyze your financial data. If it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, I want you to set up a tracking system and notice patterns and unnecessary purchases and subscriptions. I saw a TikTok creator who goes by the name of Tatiana Credit, and she says to use the Marie Kondo method on your monthly statements and to ask yourself with every single purchase, did this bring me joy? If the answer is no, in 15 seconds, lesson learned, don't buy that or something similar in the future. I also want to encourage you to go through regular financial audits so that you can make sure like, hey, When are these investments being made? Am I being responsible for them? Is my money being mismanaged? And then you're going to be less stressed as a leader and as a business owner where the dollars are coming from and going. And here's a tip. If this is emotional for you, like it was for me, try seeking accountability with a business partner, a team member, a spouse, or a financial professional. 
Knowing your numbers is something that you have to do, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. There is also a lot of software and technology out there that's going to run reports for you, and then you can get into it for yourself. Now, I have to tell you that here's a brief little story about our fractional CFO. Having a CFO, a chief financial officer, it felt like, oh, that's too expensive. Once the business gets to be X amount of millions a year, then we're going to hire a CFO. But then I learned a fractional CFO. This means that this person is a legit certified chief financial officer, but we're only hiring him or her for a certain amount of time. So for us, we hire them for monthly meetings, projections, our profit and loss statements, balance sheets, and we meet with him every single month so that we know exactly where we are. Because I admit, it was very emotional for me. The months that we made a lot of money, I'm like, I'm a success. And the months that we did not make as much money, I was like, that's it, I'm doomed, I'm a failure. When all actuality, when I sat with somebody who was a professional and forecasted where we would be at the end of the year with accuracy and confidence, it really did change the stories I was telling myself. Okay, let's move on. The next and third shift is believing that there is enough to go around. I think that sometimes we subconsciously believe that if we have more, that means that someone else is getting less or worse. Let's be real. If someone else has more, we're going to get less. And that's not true. When money gets in the hands of small business owners, society wins and wealth becomes redistributed. So here's a little exercise I would like for you to do. Take a moment and look outside in nature. Now, if you don't have outdoor access right now, just imagine this nature, okay? Write down what you see. The stars, the clouds, the flowers, the trees, the sand, the waves. Everything in nature lives in abundance, And we, as humans, we're extensions of nature. And we are meant to go and live in abundance too. But I did not learn this lesson up until a couple years ago when I met Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. Was that like a little bit of a humble brag? It's not intended to be. It's just facts. Now, I can get into at a different time. I'll get into a different time how I met Gary and how we had the chance to meet together. But I will say that in 30 seconds, I got my ego slapped upside the head and set straight. I had a conversation with Gary about building Social Curator. I talked about what we were doing and he says, huh, I was thinking about doing the same thing. And my immediate response was, oh, I'm so glad you didn't. Like, how could we ever compare to like what Gary's doing with Social Curator? And he looked at me and he said, there's so much abundance. There's room for us all. Okay. Okay. As if I was like, one, I was so inspired in that moment. I was also totally embarrassed because I was like, yeah, you're you're right, Gare Bear. Totally. Abundance, bro. Yeah, totally. But I walked away from that knowing there is abundance. As business owners, you can serve people when you make more money. And more money means more resources, investments, opportunities, and more ways for you to hire or outsource the impact of the lives of other people. When you make more money, other people win. And I think you should also be a little bit mindful of the language you use. For example, shifting the phrase from, we can't afford that, to, that's just not my financial priority in business right now. Ooh. Or, how about this? We can't afford that. You want to know what I say? We can't afford that yet. You know, this is an intrinsic mindset shift. The word yet allows for expectations. It's coming. It's just a matter of time. Now, you can also work on an abundance mindset by finding a community of other entrepreneurs who have adapted this mindset. Engage in their conversations and activities that promote growth and possibility and abundance. 
I have to tell you that mindset and energy, that stuff is contagious and it's going to support your own mindset shifts. Now, I have to tell you, we talk openly about money inside of the social curator community. We have people who ask questions. We have people who admit it's been a hard year, but they're on their way to do something better. We have conversations to normalize the idea that talking about money is not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a conversation. Now, the emotions that we have attached to that are different. And I am telling you, I am learning. I have not learned. I am learning. Or should I say, I have not learned yet. I am in the process of learning, of disassociating my emotions to the money. Because when I look at money as a tool and as a thing, it is not a reflection of me. It is a reflection of my potential on what I'm going to do and how I'm going to use that money. We recently shared our own limiting beliefs and then we dug deep to find the source of where they stemmed from. One of our community members mentioned that money was taught to them in growing up as like something as a bargain, as means of control, and as something that it comes quickly and it goes quickly. Another said that she feels abundant, but then there are times where she tells herself that she will never make money with her wellness business. With an open discussion about money in our community, we're able to create resources, facilitate breakthroughs, and guide them through rewriting their story and creating a profitable business. And finally, to make this big abundance mindset shift, I want you to celebrate the success of others. Instead of feeling envious or competitive when other people succeed or they hit their desired revenue goal, celebrate them. Recognize that their success does not diminish your own opportunities. I want you to use it as inspiration. It proves that the same is possible for you. Celebrate their abundance like it's your own. I believe it opens energetic pathways for the same to happen to you. Hey, hey, you can even take this further and seek collaboration and learning opportunities from them, right? How do we make their abundance ours? Now, let's focus on the fourth shift. The fourth shift is recognizing your value and charging your worth. Now, I want you to start by acknowledging your unique skills, knowledge, and experience. I want you to understand the value you bring to your clients or customers and the impact of your work that it has on their lives and their businesses, Recognizing your worth is a huge step for confidently charging what it is you deserve. Now, when I first started my very first career as a photographer, I was so panicked about raising my rates. I now look back at that and I realize that I was not worried about raising my rates as much as I was worried about associating my worth to my work. My worth as a human, like I didn't think I had a lot of issues. Y'all, let me just tell you, lots of good therapy. But at the time when I started my business, my worth wasn't worthy. That's bananas to think of, but it was manifesting in my business in the way that I saw money. You see, I couldn't raise my prices. What I had done, how did I get better? Who was I to do that? Crazy. And so I came to a happy medium that got me off the edge so that I started increasing my prices. So instead of making a big sweeping price change, I simply increased my rates $300 for every three clients. I found a way to push myself on my own terms. So after you acknowledge your worth, think of ways to effectively communicate your worth by defining your differentiating factor. Now, we know that most industries seem to be oversaturated. And you know what? Oversaturated, it's not a bad thing. Everyone's like, oh, it's so saturated. I can't stand out. Think of how you can stand out by marketing or communicating it differently than others. Okay, so... 
during my career as a photographer, I built out a brand and a lot of photographers were so interested in how I was able to build my business as quickly and as efficiently as I did. And so I decided to do something that I had it at the time. It's very prevalent now, but at the time I had not seen one day seminar workshops for photographers. I had not seen that. So what I decided to do was say, I want to host a one day workshop for 20 photographers and I'm going to charge $2,000. That's bananas. In my mind, I was like, I don't even know if anybody's going to pay this. And part of why this was happening, I was telling myself, there's more talented photographers. These other people have more experience. They've been in business longer. They've gone to photography school. We were doing it for 20 people at $2,000. So in one day we were making $40,000. Like that was crazy. That was crazy money to me, especially, especially at the time. So there we were thinking, oh, well, I'm not qualified compared to these other people. They could be paying somebody else that money, not me. But I decided to step out in faith and I'm like, no, I think that they're going to get more than $2,000. They're going to build their portfolio. They're going to learn how to build a business. And so the story that I was telling myself was that I wasn't sure because I was not as qualified as other people. But when I was able to market the workshop, which is what we called it, it was called the workshop. We marketed the workshop, not according to my qualifications. I was marketing it according to what they valued. Game over. We sold out our first workshop in less than an hour. We continued to host workshops every other month with a wait list. We essentially created a pipeline of multi six figures in less than a year by marketing and communicating the value differently. You weren't coming to this workshop because I went to a famous photo school. You were coming to this workshop because there was something you valued that you know you were going to exceed the $2,000 cost of admission. Okay. So making $40,000 in one day, it blew my mind, but it was simply educating and communicating differently than my competition. So you will also need to get comfortable discussing your pricing with potential customers or clients. I want you to practice pitching or even telling people your prices confidently and then clearly, and you do not need to justify them. You can also prepare responses to your most common objections about your prices or rates so that when somebody asks, you can respond with clarity and confidence on sales calls, in direct messages, or even in person. Look at them. You've practiced, you know. And another tip is I want you to practice your body language and your tonality as well as the words that you use. So much of communication is nonverbal. Remember, your prices need to pay more than just you. Businesses make a profit by charging enough to cover all of their costs. So let's talk about an example. A margarita in Newport Beach here at a restaurant local Newport Beach is around $19. I know if you're not from Newport, you're like $19. What's in the margarita? Gold? No friend. Two ounces of tequila, maybe like an ounce of orange juice, two ounces of sweet and sour, maybe perhaps a half an ounce of Grand Marnier. Okay. We all know that costs about $1.39 to make when you purchase it in bulk. That's just facts. But companies, these restaurants, they need to make a profit in order to keep investing back into the businesses, back into the rent, back into employing employees and contractors. And your business is no different. Remember that. The fifth shift is to embrace growth and have trust in investments. Having good energy with the right expectations while making big investments, man, that could just be such a big difference. In fact, I'll chat here about a little bit of story. At the day of this recording, I was sitting with our video crew and I was talking about energy. And I said, we're all energetic beings. Where we put energy or who we allow to take energy from us, it takes up space in our lives. Investments are the same thing. 
Investments are energetic forces. The energy that we apply or the beliefs, the emotions we apply in them, that's up to us. The investment is what it is. The energy we apply to it is on us. So investments can be filled with doubt and expectation and you're like, oh, it's gonna be a failed investment. Dude, y'all, that is self-sabotaging. Here are a few ways you can be confident in your decision before making large investments in your business. Number one, ask yourself questions like, how is this specifically gonna help me reach my goals? What is the best case scenario with this investment? Has the creator of this investment delivered? Have they wowed me through their free content? Is there an ROI? Is there a return on investment, even if it means spending less time and energy on certain business tasks? No, I really want you to hear me say this. Make the most out of the investment. If you invest in a program, a software, course, a subscription, go all in, all of it. Your ROI is dependent on the work that you do. If you don't leverage the tools or the support that's given to you, you could end up losing trust in yourself and in your decision-making. Even if you spend just five minutes a day leveraging the platform, learning the program, going through the course, make a habit of it. And if you do neglect to leverage those tools or support and you're still a part of the program, today's the day. Jump back in. Just leave the past in the past. Get back in. I promise you there is no shame in going quiet for a little bit. I have to tell you that when I see people jumping back into social curator, nothing makes me happier. I'm like, you didn't go anywhere, baby. Here's the thing. You took a break. You didn't quit. Good for you. As the owner of a software company, I am thrilled when members are using our features and getting results. That's just facts. The sixth shift to find forgiveness in unfavorable investments and situations. Okay. Forgiveness. In the business world, setbacks and mistakes are inevitable. Practice forgiveness towards yourself and others when financial challenges do come up and allow yourself to move on and treat it like a lesson. Holding on to resentment or blame, that will, and not can, it will affect your progress. Heck, just analyze what went wrong. And just like any other setback, use it as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So here's a tip. If you lost a certain amount of money because an investment had gone wrong, think of a short-term offer or a quick cash infusion to replace the money that was lost. So here's an example. If you're a photographer who had a not-so-stellar experience with an investment that yielded little to no ROI and it's been haunting you ever since, okay, maybe you understand that. Maybe you're not a photographer, but you're like, oh, been there, done that. Spent money and it just didn't come back to me. Okay, for simplicity, let's say the investment was $1,000 for a digital course that you felt this was a complete waste of money. Okay, maybe you didn't learn anything new. Don't beat yourself up. Simply think of a way to replace the money you spent. Maybe you spend a weekend offering mini sessions at $200 for five families. So now that you made your investment back in that weekend, you can let go about that investment. Hey, it didn't go as planned. Bless and release. You learned a lesson. You're smarter and you're stronger now. The seventh shift is to make a practice of gratitude around money. So express gratitude for the opportunities, the successful projects, and the sales that you experienced this far in business. Now, hold on. You're probably going to say, but Jasmine, I didn't make that very much. Did you make more than zero? Or if you say you made zero, did you find a new lever in your life and soul that has lit you up? Because that, my friends, that's worth more than a million dollars. This is going to help you reflect on what went well. It's going to positively impact your money story. And it's going to put you back on track to take aligned action in your business. So if you're like, how do I express gratitude for money? Thank you, money. Well, here's a few questions to help you get started. How can you show your clients or customers that you appreciate them? Answer that. How can you give very specific praise to each of your team members or contractors? 
How can you show gratitude to yourself for taking leaps of faith and making these decisions? How can you encourage a culture of gratitude on your team or in your community? JD, my husband, we are co-founders of Social Curator, and we express gratitude for money in a variety of ways. But one of our proudest investments is creating an endowment at Children's Hospital of Orange County. We made the dedication to help build the pediatric mental health program, and it is a small way to give back to our community and express appreciation for what we have been given. I can't get to point number eight without qualifying something. That was not a humble brag. We have created an endowment almost five years ago, and we don't ever really talk about it. I'm talking about it now here at this point in this conversation on the podcast because only the ride or dies are actually listening to the podcast up until this point. Like, let's just be real, right? If you got here, you're a ride or die. And because you're a ride or die, I'm going to share things with you that I don't normally share out publicly. I don't do that for any fame. I don't do that. Oh, like how nice they are. No, no, no. I believe that if we give a small percentage of everything that we make, it comes back to us. It's like a biblical principle. We try to find at minimum 10% of everything we do, our time, our money, our energy, because I believe that is us expressing gratitude. It's just my belief. But now let's move on to number eight. The eighth shift in decision is financial literacy. Now, let me just say, you don't need to spend a lot of time or money educating yourself on financial literacy. There are podcasts, YouTube, blog posts, and a lot of other free resources that are available at no cost to you. Consuming these things is going to make you feel more confident in making the other seven mindset shifts. Free financial literacy resources. Now, I would start by getting familiar with the terms and documents that you use in business, like a profit and loss, income statement, balance statement, your cash flow, and then thinking of ways to increase it, forecasting and making sales predictions. Now, if you're wondering how developing a financial literacy is a mindset shift, it's because it's a decision to learn and not a decision to avoid taking ownership in the financials of your business. It was most likely the mindset of keeping you in avoidance. And then now we have to shift that mindset that you have to answer before you can move forward. Now, I used to avoid looking at numbers because I felt like budgeting and forecasting, I felt like it limited me or it kept me trapped. I was like, no, no, if I know that I can't make these decisions, then I can't move. And I was wrong. So if you are familiar with this podcast, you will be familiar with co-host I had, Ramit Sethi. Ramit came on the podcast and it was his second time. And he has one of the top listens podcast on this particular show. Just Google Jasmine Star Ramit Sethi. He does two episodes that are bangers. And in the second episode, he was talking about having monthly conversations from a place of power and not financial impotence. And so he's talking, right? And he's saying all these things. And he's like, and on my podcast, people come on and they talk about their financials. And I literally, I had to like, am I going to ask him? Am I going to ask him? I started sweating. I got so nervous. And I'm like, don't ask him. And I said, Ramit, I actually don't know how to get into my bank accounts. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, no, no, no. My husband and I, we sit down and he walks me through every single time how to get into my bank accounts and how to look at the numbers. And I was so much straight up avoiding it. And it was the avoidance that gave those numbers power. And so now when I get to log in, (laughs) when I get to, what a privilege, when I get to log in to our financial statements, when I get to like pray and sprinkle blessings over what that is, when I get to look back at the peaks and the valleys, it is a place of power. There is disassociation. The numbers don't own me. I get to use them as indicators of what I am and what we are capable of. And 
had I not asked that question and been so open on my podcast with Ramit, I probably would have kept my head in the ground. And I am just, as a side note, if you're a female entrepreneur, I get it. It is easier to let somebody who's more like budget and financial friendly, it's easier to let that go to somebody else. But I am telling you, when there are two people looking at financials, you are better off and you are stronger. Don't abdicate it if you don't like it. Get in that driver's seat because no one should know your numbers more than you as an entrepreneur. Okay, so now let's review our eight mindset shifts. So we covered how to rewrite your money story and let go of limiting beliefs that could be sabotaging to your success in business. Number two, acknowledging when you're ignoring your numbers and the steps to start taking ownership of your financials. Three, believing there is enough to go around and working to remove competition and comparison in your business. Number four, recognizing your own unique value and learning how to communicate effectively to start charging your worth. Five, embracing your growth and having the trust while making new investment decisions. Number six, finding forgiveness for yourself in unfavorable investments and using it as a lesson to move forward. Number seven, practicing gratitude around the opportunities, successful investments, and the sales that you have experienced so far in your business. And lucky number eight, making the decision to develop financial literacy, to feel confident while looking over your finances. I hope you take action on one of these money mindset shifts and realize that you deserve not only a profitable business, but to be able to enjoy the efforts along the way and reap the benefits as well. I know your time is valuable. And if you could be so kind and leave me a review or tag me at Jasmine Star on stories as you listen, I would be grateful because then I will be able to thank you in person. It is when you leave reviews for this podcast. It's when you share the podcast. We get to do these things. Every single show is a labor of love. And I appreciate your time, your energy. I also appreciate your future financial success. Thank you for listening to the Jasmine Star Show.